doing yeah. Toronto first, right? Well, recap well, intro. Toronto. Oh, intro. We have to introduce the podcast. Do you do want we? to do that? Yeah, we. I do it every week, don't I? You kind of do. Somebody else does. Let's switch it. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Got a letter just this morning. It was postmarked Omaha. It was typed and neatly written, offering me this better job. Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode five of. Oh, hold on. Oh, god. Say hey, everybody, again. Hey, everybody! Can you hear me now? Yeah, go loud again, though. Uh, hey, everybody! Welcome to episode five of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. Uh, I'm Jason Greenwood here again with Trevor Brady and Matt Montgomery. We're going to talk about RSL, Toronto FC, the disciplinary committee. Our favorite. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. Uh, Ryan Nelson, also everyone's favorite. My and favorite then coach. We'll do a little coach of the year preview of everyone's favorite Eastern Conference MLS team, Sporting Kansas City, and probably recap a little bit of the U.S. match that's on later tonight. So, let's get to it. Yes, let's. How's it going? I don't know, good. <laughs> that was the worst segue ever. Uh, <laughs> so how's it going? Yeah, good. So let's talk about Toronto. Okay. Not what, the city, what? the match. I've never been to Toronto. Yeah, me neither. I've never been out of the country. I think I went, like, around Toronto, like, near Toronto. Mm. Was it as good as that match? Uh, It was not. There aren't a lot of things in life that are as good as Probably slept through it, actually. I think we went through there in the middle of the night. That makes sense. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just moving (laughs) the microphone. You don't need to laugh at me. Yeah, that was... uh, All right, so, the match. Let's talk about the match. Yeah, it was a nice match, really comprehensive performance, top to bottom. Everyone played really well and beat one of the elite teams in MLS. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, the, the new elite. Yeah, the new best, money. best team in the Eastern Conference. It turns out two games is all it takes to be elite. Yeah. yeah. That and signing, spending $100 million or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one bad game is all it takes to be lacking depth and worryingly thin. And well, I, I think we knew that they were... Lacking depth and wearing really thin beforehand. They were just kind of pushing that under yeah, the table. Yeah, until, until you lose, that's not an issue. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Winning is what it's about. This is yes. a game in which we try to win, Trevor. That yeah. makes sense. I'm looking for platitudes here. Yeah. Platitudes? Platitudes. platitudes. That's platitudes. Nice. We need a platitude segment. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have to copyright that. Um, platitudes copyrighted by Off the Crossbar Podcast. Yeah, but so, anyways. How do we win? Uh, we won every single phase of the game, basically. Yeah. Offensive, defensive, first half, second half. Every, I mean, that Middle was <laughs> that was as good <laughs> a performance. We won halftime. That was as good as a performance I've seen from any team in the league this year. Trying to be as unbiased as possible. I mean, Vancouver against New York comes close because Vancouver like destroyed New York the first yes. week of the season. Yeah. Pretty comprehensive win there. But Toronto weren't playing without their best players like New York were. So. Yeah, how how was that one guy, uh, Michael? Michael Bradley. Bradley. He uh, he didn't really affect the game much. He tried. He tried his darndest to affect the game. What a guy. At least he tried. Yeah. That's a for effort. Absolutely. But like a C- minus for actual execution. Yeah, but I, I kind of hesitate to blame Bradley. I, I think it is just that the rest of his team isn't as good. Defoe came off early with an injury. Yeah. Um, And, I mean... He's got his defense that he has to deal with. He's got a midfield, which was not 
up to snuff. The first two games they had Jonathan Osorio, who was missing for this match, which yeah, but I think if made if a big difference. If one player kills your midfield, like, no, yeah, the yeah. absence of well, one Jackson guy. too. Jackson as well yeah, is also missing. Would he have helped in that way? I don't think so. Not as I, well he, as... He, those two would have made a difference. I think we probably still would have won, but they would have made a difference. They, we would not have walked all over their midfield like we did. Yeah, that's probably... I mean, Jackson would have played wide, and he kind of separates himself from the fray that way. Yeah, but having another defensive midfielder like Osorio, who has been playing good for yeah, the first part they, of the season... Yeah. They clearly lacked a defensive midfielder or an attacking midfielder. Oh, yeah. they Javi had all kinds of space. All game. And he... The best part was watching him make the space. Like, yeah, absolutely. He and Louis Gill moved around and just just wrecked, wreaked havoc. Yeah, they yeah. did whatever they wanted. They yeah. wrecked Toronto, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's too bad Toronto didn't have like a young Argentine defensive midfielder. Javier Morales was like Rob Ford at the buffet. Yeah. 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 You know, I, really, I really wasn't that impressed with Gilberto. Like, no, he kind of reminded me he, of... Sam. He had a fantastic little, like, fish flop. Oh, you didn't like get to 30, see it on TV. Thirty to forty-five seconds long too. It was pretty great. I, I rewatched. Solid. The camera was off of it for the yeah. entire, like the entirety of that. But he just like turned himself over in the air. It was oh. writhing and screaming. And yeah. Then he got to the sideline and he was fine. Yeah. Well, that's that's Brazilian way. You know, we've seen that before. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But yeah, yeah uh, Gilberto didn't affect the match at all. But again, he couldn't really. Well, somebody could have like. Imagine if, if he or even Jermaine Defoe dropped deeper. Like, even dropped into midfield sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Played as like I, don't a... think, I don't think Gilberto's that kind of player. Defoe probably could. I think he did it a little bit, but yeah. not nearly enough. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and Defoe, I mean, definitely had a bigger impact on the match when he was in it. Um, well, yeah. Uh, he... as, opposed to, as opposed to when he was out of it? Or... Yeah. As opposed to no impact on the match? No, I mean, when he was in the match, he was impacting it. Do you yeah. know who dealt with Jermaine Defoe really well? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but who's Borch, I mean, Borchers and Schuler both individually were great against him. Yeah, and I thought Tony Beltran had some great moments on the counter, too. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody forgets, and I don't know why, but everybody forgets that Tony Beltran is not slow. Well, no, no, he's not. Not at all. Not at all. And, but, I mean, one-on-one, Defoe's really good at just getting himself one-on-one with a center back. And he, just blazing he, past him. Yeah. He got one-on-one with Borchers one or two times in the box, and Borchers shut him down. Yeah. Got one-on-one with Schuler in the box, and Schuler pretty well shut him down. I mean, Defoe only had how many shots total in the game? And most of them most of them were from outside the box or yeah. just inside the box. He didn't have a lot of those chances that he really looks for, Yeah. you know, close on goal. But yeah. Nat's always kind of been able to positionally mark guys out of games, though. Guys, oh, yeah. guys that are faster than him, he plays so intelligently. Like, yeah. yeah. He's always in the right place with those guys. And I finally feel like we're developing a good partnership between him and Schuler. Yeah. Uh, I think we saw a good partnership in its net, you know, nascent stage Yeah, uh, in the playoffs. But this was this was probably the best I've seen them together yeah. as, a, as a pairing. Yeah. Because yeah. playing against L.A., like, you shut one guy down, you're usually going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say. Yeah, de- defensively, we were just all over. It was great. Yeah, all over and good. Everyone way. was solid. I mean, Beltran probably had his best game this season. What Not about, probably. He did have his best game this season. What but, about Winger? Like, Coming played, off in the 60th minute, like how much did that affect things? I didn't, don't think it did at all. I think Beltran <laughs> came in and did well. 
I think he had one or two shaky moments like yeah. in the first two minutes right. after coming on, which I'd expect. Which you kind of expect with a guy who hasn't played in MLS for two all, years. Two years. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that was his Real Salt Lake debut, and by all accounts, he, he did well. Yeah. Absolutely. Did well. And, and I think we'll probably end up seeing him again on Saturday. I think, I think we will. so. Well, uh, Chris Wingert, I saw, actually, funny story, when he should have been in training on Monday, uh, I saw him at the grocery store. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Which doesn't mean he was, like, missing training, but yeah, I, I looked down was... and I thought, that's Chris Wingert. I'm going to go ask him about his groin. And then I thought, no, <laughs> I'm not. probably I'm not gonna socially acceptable. <laughs> no, they um, basically said that Wingert's expect him to be out this weekend yeah i'm not with his injury and with the way ballsham played i mean again it was only 20 30 minutes but i'm fine with it i seem kind of like chris winger as a player too so having watched him in reserve games it's it's not like a hard position for him to play i think that's a pretty huge first match to start for him at kansas city yeah that's true not that we have any bad history with Kansas City or anything. But, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're not we very did. familiar with that. I'm not, I wasn't referring to just the cup. I just meant in general. But yeah. That's going to be a testy one. But it will be. What about we'll testies? talk about that later. So What? What about testies? Oh, my gosh. You're really trying, Matt. I'm not trying you're anything. Read, yeah, you're I heard the word testy, and that's yeah. my, instantly my thought. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. So, going back to one point in the match that I think we're going to talk about. Uh, more in depth. Caldwell's tackle on Grab a Boy. It was bad. It, it was, was bad. It was pretty bad. Pretty bad. It was a red card tackle. Easily. It, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, Trevor oh, agreed. No. Look yeah. at that. He looked like he wanted to argue. I'm, for I'm a trying second, but... to not disagree. Yeah, no, it was a red You can't tackle. disagree with that. No, I mean, and... you legitimately cannot argue that that's a red card. You no. Can't. He came in flying, you know, studs, studs up. Yeah. You yeah. Can, straight into the line. You can say. Well, like somebody it. could say that the referee was letting an awful lot of stuff go. It was a very physical match. There was a lot of, there was, not not a lot of red card tackles, but yeah, there he, were. That was the only red card tackle I remember. Yeah, he, yeah. He there was a lot of physical play. Yeah, hard tackles, harder tackles than you would normally see. And you could say that if the ref was letting play go, that but he really wasn't letting play go that much. I mean, it was I, physical, but he called a lot. He called, yeah. He, if he was letting it go, I don't think Sabo would have got that PK in the box. Yeah. If he was really letting it go. Yeah. But well, um, he didn't let everything go, but he, you know, I don't know. Overall, it was a really good ref match, but I thought that compared to some of the refs we've had in the past, where every single thing is a foul. Yeah. This game was not that, and in that type of game, maybe that is a yellow card. In most games, yeah, it's definitely red, but yeah, obviously the disciplinary committee. Thought it should have been a red. Suspended Caldwell for the next game. Good. Which is interesting because if he'd gotten a red, he probably would have missed two games. Because for oh, that yeah. for that tackle, you can't... I mean, you can, uh, but if he had taken him down the way he did and gotten a straight red, they would have thrown another game on top of it. I, for, I'd say for that's a reckless probably, tackle. That's, yeah. So yeah and now that, he's just getting the one. There's precedent for that. Yeah. There is. And that's the thing that I don't Palmer, like at, at all yeah. about the disciplinary committee is just how arbitrary it is. I mean, we could sit here... There's no hard and fast rule. There's precedent. You can say that, but there's... But it's not like rule-setting precedent. You don't yeah. know. It's just you hear the ruling, and you're like, yeah, that makes sense, I uh, guess. We learned today that there's a uh, hand-to-the-face rule. Yeah. Uh, which... Which they didn't enforce one, a couple of times. Yeah, and, and like the disciplinary committee did nothing to Omar Gonzalez for a hand-to-the-face of, of Saborio. Yeah. I mean, yeah, which was pretty clear. Yeah, it and, was... Easily showable on replay. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's just 
that's what I don't like about the disciplinary committee. Everybody else has their reasons. Mine is just, it seems arbitrary, and it seems like they kind of pick and choose which things they, yeah. they um, rule on. Oh, yeah. And so some things that you think they'll definitely rule on, they definitely don't. And some things you think are just kind of whatever, like Lavelle Palmer's, he got two games for it, and it yeah. was really not much. And so it's just, you wait for their ruling, and it's kind of always a surprise, and it just seems like they're pulling numbers out. Like, yeah, there's no consistency. Yeah. Two games sounds good, ten games sounds good, maybe four games sounds good. Yeah, pro pro needs some work. Yeah. It's not pro, it's the disciplinary committee. But the committee involved committee is separate pro. from pro. Does it not involve pro at all? I don't think it does. It involves one former referee, one or two former players, and a league. Oh, per- it's yeah. only It's only like five people. And I... And, and it's a secret committee, of course. It's a secret committee. Nobody knows who's on it, but... Is it really? Yeah. That's, it reminds me of the... Uh, the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> the Illuminati. It might as well be writing movies at this rate, right? Yeah. There's a great documentary about that. Back to the Toronto match. How good was Sabu? Pretty good. Like, pretty good. Oh, it was no, fantastic. Was, like, it's the best like we've a, seen him in a long time. He right? was a solid six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give him a seven. You're, yeah. being, you're not being very generous. Yeah. Here. Yeah. No, he was great. I mean, he, he was. I loved watching him play. He was not lazy. No, oh, not, not that he is lazy. Beyond not lazy, but like he was running after everything. Active everywhere. The he whole was field. as active as Olmes Garcia. Yeah. This is the game. Defensively, offensively. That he's yeah. not lazy. everywhere. It was fantastic. Yeah. Like to see him do that. Like we all know he's capable of that. To see him like have that influence on a match is really cool. Yes. Yeah. I hope he doesn't do it every game because. Ten games in, he'll be... Exhausted. Yeah, he'll be yeah. dead. But... Well, anybody would. Yeah. Olmes Garcia. <laughs> Olmes Garcia. Perfect would. example. Yeah, last yeah. season he kind of tailed off after a hot start, but he's the same way. He just runs and runs and runs. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, one of his biggest impacts was that little dummy on the edge of the box. Oh, to winger? To, to yeah. Yeah. leave for the ball the for winger. And it, How he... often would he leave that ball, too? Yeah, and yeah. He, it was just so subtle and... Yeah. He just sort of lifted his leg up and... and you could see the defense was caught out by that. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They had no idea. And I mean, they, they the reacted as well goal. as you could, but the build up to that goal was just as like as good a build up as we've had, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, and we've had some good build ups this season already. I think if you want to like anatomize that goal, it, it perfectly, I think, encompasses what Kassar is doing offensively to this team. That's different from what Christ was. The triangles. Everything's much faster. Triangle passing, one touch passing. And it involves just more people. Yeah, there I were mean, a lot I, of triangles in that. Full full yeah, I, I think it was pushed up a lot. Too. Probably like eight or nine passes. The last eight or nine passes touched four or five guys. Yeah, and they were all really yeah. close together. Then the long pass to winger, you know. So it's and yeah, you're you're right. It was triangles. It was Javi and Gill and Tony Beltran. Yep, Beltran. Yeah, and then Javi just guys. like skips around seventeen people. Yeah. Oh yeah, that dribble through the middle was unreal. The the best thing to watch for me was watching Michael Bradley like realize that he needed to push up. He pushed up, and we just went past him. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, pass the ball right around him, and then he had to run back. And he's not a quick player. No, he's not slow, but he's, he's not slow. But like he's not. Javi was well past him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not a quick transition player. Would probably be the best way to put it. Yeah, but I'm excited to see him tonight in a different setting. Yeah, yeah. Go I don't have to hate him. Go Bradley. Yeah. I love not hating Or Bradley. chant about his dad. 
But uh, I, I felt a little bit bad about that. Yeah, me too. For about did, ten seconds, I didn't think he was actually that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously not like a national team level coach, but yeah. hey, he's one and Noah Stiebeck. Hey, that's pretty good. Three nil. You know who hasn't lost yet? Who? Jeff Kassar. It's true. It's true. After four games, neither has anyone else on RSL for that record. Hopefully, we're still saying the same thing next week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Should we talk about next week? What is next? Oh week? wait, hang on. Oh. We wanted, there was one thing that we wanted to talk about, or at least I wanted to. You didn't write it down. Yeah, I did. It's right there. Nelson. Oh. His quote that, that uh, he had today, where he was saying... Oh, that guy. He's referring you're to comparing Ryan like what he, what he said last week, which was just railing about how Sabo's dirty and needs to be suspended, and the disciplinary committee definitely needs to look at it. Of course. And then, after Caldwell... Of course. Just... Oh, it's it's totally okay. This is. I hope the disciplinary committee wouldn't because the referee clearly saw it. It undermines the, the referee. Undermines the referee. Just complete one eighty. Oh yeah. On on the situation. Honestly, the quote today looked like a PR quote. To me. Yeah, it, it did like... not look like something Ryan Nelson said. Yeah. I never took him to be particularly eloquent. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Reading it, it was very generic. Yeah, it seemed like a statement that you could just fill names into. I but... didn't feel like. The words were small enough for Ryan Nelson. That's that's rude. <laughs> but he's not he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> no, he didn't say himself as a, a part as like a genius, right? Yeah, that's true. But this is. I told you guys I was going to say something about this. That oh, would get man. a reaction out of you. This is the thing that would get a re- this. And I'm not comparing him or saying that he's similar to this person. But this is something oh that God, if you somebody go else does you're going, very I'm, well. I'm and leave. I think Jason knows where I'm going. Jose Mourinho does this <laughs> week in and week out. Deflects attention from his team. It, no. 180 degree rotation on what he said the week before. And it works beautifully because now we're talking about, we're not talking about how they're missing Osorio, they're missing Caldwell, they're missing Defoe, they're missing all these players that are now injured or out for suspension. Instead, we're talking about how unfair the disciplinary committee is. I think you might be giving Ryan Nelson too much credit. I to am think, giving Ryan Nelson too to much credit. To think that that's the reasoning behind that statement. <laughs> you know, for me, even I'm, if he's trying mind games here, the big difference is, like, Jose Mourinho mind games work. That's true. Uh, they don't inspire the opposition striker to but, uh, great heights. How many, yeah, that's true. How many uh, articles have you seen talking about Ryan Nelson, what he said post game, or the Caldwell tackle? And how many have you seen about. How crap they were how, on Saturday. How bad they were that game. I've seen how, about how bad they were. how bad yeah. they look for this next game. Honestly, probably more about how bad they were. But that's just because the Nelson thing really broke today. So the next yeah. couple days they'll be talking yeah, we'll about see. it, I'm sure. A little sure. bit, but I think people just sort of write it off as... Yeah. He's kind of a whiner. Well, what's, what's really <laughs> weird, though, because we're talking about the disciplinary committee... Is, not disagree. ...is I don't disagree with... Or I don't agree with those quotes about, you know, Sabo needs to get suspended and then coming back and saying, oh, well, you know, Caldwell, sh- Caldwell shouldn't be suspended because of the referee made the decision. But I actually agree with the second thing that Nelson said, that the disciplinary committee doesn't need to be used as a crutch to enforce, like, refs making mistakes, which is really what it's become yes. at this point. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. Um, and and that, someday maybe we'll move past it. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I feel like... If we want fair decision making, uh, and we know we won't get it from the referees, maybe maybe action does need to be taken. Yeah, that's well, fair. That, it's just I I wish it was more like. Um, I just wish they would hold the refs accountable for 
the bad calls and the lack of oh, yeah. calls, but, but that doesn't happen. Yeah, the, and that doesn't really happen anywhere. Is, is it does happen in other places, like in England. If a referee misses a call, okay, yeah, you're right. Call, you're he right. doesn't that, work the next week. That does, but I guess what I'm saying is, like in England or like in other leagues, they use that. They they suspend players. They have their own like disciplinary committee. They yeah. do it differently, but they have set rules and they're they're set punishments that everybody knows. If yeah. violent conduct is three games. Um, and normally they'll only review it if the referee doesn't make a call or if they yeah. feel that they, there needs to be extra on top of the referee's call. They aid the referee. Yeah. They that don't replace like, the referee. Yeah, over and that's, here. that's the problem with the disciplinary committee. Here is they look like at it and they say, oh, the ref screwed up. We're, which we've which got they're to normally fix right. They're mistakes. normally correct. Yeah. So maybe they need to address the problem of the referee quality. I think they are, but at the same time, yeah. like, but that's just not. It's an not o- an overnight. Fix. That's not an overnight switch. Is a problem. They make what like five hundred bucks a game, a thousand no, bucks a game. That. It's more than that. Not not significantly more though, right? Yeah, that's it's, that's it's the it's thing. That. Like, a lot of these guys aren't full professionals. Like, they have other jobs. Yeah. And can you a really expect more. somebody who doesn't devote all of his time to this to to get all these decisions right? I don't know. They're not making millions, but they do the ones that are full time refs, and there's a number of them. Uh, I think they've moved up to eight this year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was more. Maybe I'm no. wrong, but I do know that even the ones that are not full time, they make more than five hundred bucks. Oh yeah. They... It's it's. I think the center ref, the last numbers I saw, which I think were like last year, center ref makes like eight seventy five. Linemen make like six hundred. That's and still not. That's... No, it, it like I said. It's I mean, not for two millions. hours work, it's good money. Yeah. It's not millions, but it's it's more than nothing. I mean, it's almost a thousand dollars for a weekend's worth of work. Well, yeah, if they have another job, then yeah, then they'll be fine. Yeah, but if they don't, I mean, we're left with referees who like. People who could it's do like this a, job don't want to do this yeah. job because they can make money elsewhere. It's a yeah. you get what you pay for situation. Yeah, yeah. And maybe the league needs to look into that. But at the I'm same sure time, yeah. you say that, and again, going back to Europe, European refs, most of them also have second jobs that they yeah. do, and they're definitely paid way better than our refs Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah, and way generally better. they make better decisions. They yeah. do. Yeah, not right. all. But I just I don't think that the situation is well. Let's just throw more money. Into the referees' pockets. No, I no. think it's a I lot think, more than. That. I think it's spend more money for better referees than give the current. Well, ones where are you going to get? It's a, it's a ten-year solution. Some of the it's guys, yeah. yeah, but some of the guys that worked as replacement refs could replace the guys we have now, no problem. Well, some of the guys that were I would say three or four of those used to be MLS. That's refs. what. Well, and now they're FIFA refs. But what I'm saying is three or four of those replacement crews are probably better than three or four of the crews that we have in MLS that's, now. Yeah, that's probably true. So, but that, that's, it's not a question of where are you going to get them. Yeah, that's what I think it comes down to is just analyzing and assessing the referees that we have better. Yeah. And, I mean, how do you do that? But I don't know. I think that it's the back office work needs to be done. I don't think it's that. Well, I think the back office work is more. being done, but we're just, just we're not sometimes it takes time. Work. Yeah. We want yeah. it faster. We want it now. We want it now, Don what, Garber. What's that song by... Uh, it's from... my money and I want it now. That's awful. I, that's think, I was I talking about it. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You oh, go yeah. with that. Veruca Salt? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sing that one, but I know the song. I want you to sing that one. <laughs> I don't know it. You don't know you that don't song? Know? No. Let's We're going to listen to it. it. It's the old uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. We'll be The back. better version, by the way. We'll be right back. Star, I come on TV, a grinning, wearing bill spools and a hat. It's a kitty show, and I'm a hero of the younger yeah. Let's stop it then. 
Let's... Are you recording? Yeah, we're good. Oh, hey, we're back. Uh, done listening to Willy Wonka songs and back to preview everyone's favorite. We're going to have a Willy Wonka party foe. later. Are we? Sure. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Willy Wonka versus the United States. <laughs> yeah. Is Mexico Willy Wonka now? Sure. Uh, that makes sense. Anyways. Yeah. They make chocolate, right? No. Yeah. There's some good Mexican <laughs> chocolate with the little chilies inside. That doesn't God, That sounds horrible. Chocolate with chilies inside it's of it? It's amazing. That's not a real thing. That, that can't be real. You guys aren't real. We definitely are. Anyways, uh, let's talk Sporting Kansas City. Everyone's okay. favorite, not favorite <sighs> team. <laughs> so soon. We had yeah. to see them again so soon. In Kansas City, nonetheless. Although mm. it might be a little bit warmer than last time. Yep, so maybe. That'll, that'll be nice. We'll have to check the weather reports, but... It's probably warmer than, what, negative 87 degrees, right? Is that what it was there? <laughs> Close. It felt that way, I think. I've <laughs> yeah. never actually been in negative 87 degree weather, but I bet it would be really cold. Yeah. It was. It looked pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, it did. Oh, it was really cold. I'm really my toes. bummed I didn't go, but... My toes are starting to warm up. Yeah. Talking about how cold you guys were, I'm... Okay with I not was, being I there. was not cold at all watching the game. Yeah, that... Nice little fire, pizza. That was great. Mm, that does sound good, but... Pizza sounds good. Anyway, uh, what about Kansas City? We're playing them this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, there's that. That's pretty good. But... I guess. Oh. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting match. It always is when we play Kansas City. Is this but... our toughest opposition we faced? Well, I'd <sighs> probably did... say so. You kind of have to say yeah. I think so, but like... We played LA Galaxy twice, and I don't San Jose think... Earthquakes once, and they were tough opposition, certainly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, I mean, if you want to go like strictly by points. LA and San Jose don't have many. Sporting does. Plus, if you want to go top-to-bottom talent, yeah. Kansas City. Kansas Everyone City. likes to say that we're the deepest team in the league. I would say Kansas City is the second deepest team in the league. Yeah. I might agree. So, they're not necessarily the most talented overall, but they don't have a huge drop-off from their, from their first, first guy to their second guy. Yeah. yeah. So so what do we expect? Like, who starts for us? Same old, same old? For or? us? Yeah. Well, I'd say probably Balchin over Wingert. Definitely Balchin over Wingert. still hurt like it sounds like he is. Yeah, true enough. So I'd say Balchin over Wingert, and we'll probably see Mansali on the bench. I would imagine so. I, I would like to see Mansali play, but... <sighs> I gave you a shocked expression there. Yeah, I saw Is this that. just out of, like, to be controversial, or...? No, I like I've said it before. I like Mansali. I know people don't, but I like him, and I think I've said this before. Kassar's system of getting people forward and involved in the attack, he is good for that. Yeah, I, agree. I think Balton's really good for that too, though. And I'm not saying Balton's not. Yeah, no. I, it, thing... it seems like he has preferred Balton more recently. Obviously, Balton was on the bench to get in the game last yeah. week. Yeah, and that says something. It says right. something, but yeah. So I would expect to see Balton play, but I would. Enjoy seeing Mansali play, and you have to question how risky Mansali might be. Like, that's always a risk, especially against a team that that's foul we'll happy. Talk, yeah, foul happy, and not only foul happy, but provocation happy. That's exactly it. And yeah, and we looked at some stats before uh, before we came back while we were busy listening to Willy Wonka and yeah. whatnot, give his his little monologues. Yeah, but we didn't actually do that. What did we find out from those stats, Matt? Uh, I don't know, Trevor. You were the one so interested in it. I, I want so you to talk about it because I didn't really care. It was basically I just looked at fouls committed and fouls suffered from both us and 
um, sporting, and there's one or two key points. One, sporting fouls a lot. Yeah. They lead the league so far this year, four games in. They led the league last year by a huge margin. 500 and some odd fouls in 34 games? To like the next closest was like... 460 or so. Yeah, it was... Well, like it's interesting because their fans like defend their playing style and say, well, this, you know, RSO foul just as much as we do. We really don't. They, yeah. well, they were in way... games involving Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we should, but that's and, because and that's, they bring that out. That's I mean, the other thing that if you look at the stats, Kansas City suffers an awful lot of fouls too. Yeah. And I think that's just a product of they play a chippy game. And so games with sport in Kansas City get chippy and, and get fouly. It's not they, necessarily just being chippy either. It's a. I'm trying to think of the political way to say this, but it's kind they of break up the momentum. They yeah. they flop a bit, a little bit, yeah. yeah. If we're being honest, and and it's it's something that is not a secret. Peter Vermees has come out and said when like in the past when they played us, they want to break up our flow. And one of the ways you can break up our flow, well, there's two ways that people try to do it, and one is bunkering, and yeah. the other is fouling a lot. And, and drawing a lot of fouls, too. And, and drawing a lot of fouls, yeah. And so far this season, we do foul a lot. Not as much as sporting, but close to it. We've both played four games. They have, I think it was 73. We've fouled 68. So it's pretty close. I think part of that, too, you have to chalk up to the referees, too, though. Because that yeah. home match versus L.A., how many fouls are we get called in that match? And it seemed like every time we came within breathing distance of an L.A. player. Like Rob Friend. Yeah, we were getting, yeah. I hope you enjoyed the two-pole that we made for you, Rob, friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rob. Oh, Rob. But anyways, yeah, Kansas City, not only do they foul a lot and they, they play a really physical style, but it's interesting because they let other teams be physical with them and they take advantage of it. Like yeah. They go down on contact, and most yeah. of those teams that play that real hard style, they, they don't look to get fouled a lot, too. But they definitely do. Yeah. Trevor, you looked like you were about to say something. I, I was about anything. to like segue into like set pieces. Let's segue into like set that. pieces. Segue into set pieces. Yeah. Foul, game with fouls have a lot of set pieces. I this is a number that I would have liked to look at, and I don't know how to look at this. You probably do, yes. but it's too late now to see like where they foul more often. Um, if they foul us in dangerous spots, we're gonna have plenty of set pieces, and we've got the tools to be very good at set pieces this year. Yeah, and you know what I've noticed uh, over the last few games for us is we've been fouling in really smart positions generally. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I know that Sporting does as well. They pressure high, they yep. pressure the back line, so we can't really keep possession, and they foul deep in the midfield. Yeah, I would think that's the thing. I, yeah, right I would have liked to, to look up third to or a little know for sure, a little further back. Yeah, they, yeah. they foul further back away from their goal, so they don't give up as many great set piece opportunities. But the other side of it is, if they do give up set-piece opportunities, they have two of the best center backs in the league in the air. Yeah, yeah. and they, they've got Graham Zussi, who is very good on set-pieces. Very good at delivering. As much yeah. as I think he's not quite as good as he's made out to be. He's, he's great at set-pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. Delivery, not necessarily like scoring yeah. those. But. Yeah. Well, and on top of defending them really well, they're really good at attacking on set-pieces. Colin is really dangerous yeah. in the air. As good as Schuler is at defending set-pieces... Colin is really dangerous in the air on set pieces. I think if there's a center back pairing in the league that is the best on both sides of the ball, it's got to be Beasler and Colin. From set pieces. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Yeah, from defending set Honestly, pieces it's and attacking like, set pieces. It's a lot like Borch's Olave in 2010. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A Colin really is comparison. the reckless one, and uh, Beasler is the one that's going to be a little more safe. 
Yeah, it's a little smarter, but... Oh, considerably smarter. It's Aurelian <laughs> Colin. Yeah, that's true. World's smartest man. He is not a Marilyn Voss savant. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I wish I had an IQ like her. Yeah. There is um, one question. I don't know, maybe you guys know the answer to this. I heard very little about it. Chance Myers hasn't played a single game for sporting all year. He's been injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Sinovich has been playing. No, 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 not Sinovich. Their homegrown guy, Ellis, oh, yeah. has been playing on, on that, that side. <laughs> and he got a goal against Cruz Azul. He's been, good, I guess. He, he's been not bad. I mean, he's, he's not Chance Myers, but he, he's done pretty well. Not so. Chance Myers. <laughs> That's Chance, high. Chance Myers high is pretty good. Indeed, he's I right. think Chance Myers is pretty good. He's one of, I don't know, outside backs. He, he he's one of the top like 15 outside backs in the league. <laughs> he's I'm, one of the top 15 right backs in the league. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd put him a little higher than that. I think he's pretty good. But... We may or may not see Chance Myers. If we mm-hmm. do, then I would then be surprised. We finally, get to see Sporting's number one defense as soon as he comes back, and he may yeah. be back this week. Is the rumor? I, well, I don't know. I don't know Vermees's coaching style well enough to guess, but I would assume that if he hasn't played all season, I don't know if you throw him in in this match. Peter Vermees yeah. is a little reckless. That's true. Yeah, he, so. he he does not have consistent lineups. Also, I mean, the only consistencies is Colin if he's healthy, Beasler if they're healthy. Those two play, but it's sort of the opposite of us, right? He's the yeah. anti-Bruce Arena. <laughs> you get um, Failhaber, who has played every oh, single game this year. Failhaber's a douche. He, yeah, undeniably. Douching's dangerous. Failhaber is the only other player on their team besides Eric Kronberg, who has played every minute of all six games that they've played so far this this season, mm-hmm. and he's played it in. Look at my notes. Four, three, four different positions. Look at those notes. Oh, yeah. It looks I, like, I they're, they're like two pages. Every two, single starting lineup they do. Two half pages. I think that might be closer to a quarter page. Yeah. No, it's not a lot. Well, but so, he, he plays Failhaber often, so we can see him, and he's dangerous. Or he has been yeah. all year. And, again, from any position in their six-man attacking midfield, not defense. He was really underrated for Kansas City. Nagamura. Yeah. I really like Paulo Nagamura. He's he's a really good player, and everyone talks about Failhaber, but Nagamura is a really yeah. dangerous player too. He is. Yeah. Since you brought him up, uh, I haven't been that impressed with Kronberg. Like just going I, back and watching replays of some of Kansas City's matches. Yeah. Not well, he's been he's been very Jimmy Nelson, which is, in my opinion, <laughs> not a compliment. Middle of the road, old just, and kind of falling no, Kron- apart. He's old definitely and shaky not old, but... and looking drunk because he's falling over. <laughs> No, he's just he's a middle of the road keeper. He's solid enough to be a starting keeper on an MLS team, but not yeah a superstar. I mean, he's given up some soft goals like that one against that. Well, that was kind of a cluster, but the goal Seattle scored at the end. Yeah. I mean, he definitely not getting had on that top one. of that ball, and yeah. he's kind of he's still maybe it's still you know just working it out because he's new to starting, but yeah. yeah, haven't been impressed by him. So that could be something we could take advantage of balls into the box or situations like that. Yeah, yeah that's but, right. Something to look at for sure. Yeah, of course, balls in the box. Like they still have two great center backs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do as good as we can at clearing those away. That's maybe we can get another nice little volley from Sabo like we did in MLS Cup. Oh, that'd be oh, cool. such a goal. Cool. Or the flick. Like I've last almost weekend. forgotten the, the goal. flick. No, that yeah, that's the, the, goal in the MLS Cup. The no look. Wait, did we play an MLS Cup? I think we did last yeah. year. Yeah. I heard it was cold. But anyway, let's remember. keep talking about this match. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So, I think that 
lineup wise, we'll probably see the same starting lineup, except for the exceptional winger. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the bench, we might see some changes, though. You think so? Yeah. I mean, Jordan Allen's really close to recovery. Uh, Sebastian Velasquez, who we haven't had a chance to see all season, uh, is, I think. He's apparently, like, back. right there. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah, he's uh, like he should be back fully. in full training now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful that uh, that could lead to good things. Like yeah. having those options on the bench against a team like this, I think gives us gives us a different dimension. It certainly does. Uh, Louis Gale and Ned Grabavoy, like yeah, they'll they'll. I think they have all the right tools to do well against you know a, a Kansas City, uh, but somebody to, who can hold the ball a little bit and draw players out of position because they're a very organized team. Yeah, uh, I think will will do wonders for us. Here's here's a question. Um, Gill is on the bench tonight for the U.S. If yeah, he yeah, plays, yeah. does that affect whether he might start this weekend? No. no. Unless he gets injured. I still think he would start. Now, now, uh, Jeff Kassar has been saying they they want to manage his minutes a little more closely. Yeah. Uh, because he's played a lot of minutes uh, early on. He didn't really get a preseason. As, as a young player, that's something that yeah. I think they're, they're right to look out for. In it. Yeah. You, you see young players the world over who, you know, will play 50 games a season. Now, obviously, there's no way he's playing 50 games a season in the U.S., but uh, who play a high amount, a high number of games and yeah. then just fall apart mid-season. Well, yeah. and Mulholland's done enough to maybe merit starting him in Gravel Boy. Yeah. If, yeah, if that's, they're worried that's about what I'm thinking. It's, or it's do you, just, well, or you, you just start Gil knowing that you're going to take him off either at halftime or 60 minutes? I think you start him knowing that that's an option you have. Or do you keep him on the bench knowing that you can put him on for the second half or the last 30 minutes. It's hard to say. He's not, he's not real dying. He hasn't been the greatest coming off the bench historically, though. Yeah, no. that's true. I mean, he, he's one of those guys who kind of has to get in like the flow of the game. And, and maybe that's changing. Maybe yeah. that's something we can, we can see. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting, I think, either way. Um, but I would start Luis Gill. Yeah. yeah. Do okay. we start Kyle Beckerman? He'll yeah, probably would... play, what, 90 minutes tonight, maybe? 70 minutes? 45 I, I'm minutes? pretty sure Beckerman's starting. Oh, he is starting. No, I meant against Kansas City. Against Kansas oh. City, yeah. yeah. I, I well, think yeah. we... Yeah. I, I thought you were being serious when you asked if we started Kyle Beckerman. I meant... I don't know what I meant. <laughs> I meant let's <laughs> talk about him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Beckerman definitely... I mean, regardless of how many minutes he plays, he's not... I think he's going to play. Well, and his, like, historically, stamina has never been a problem for Beckerman. Yeah. I mean, he has played three games in... What seven days, eight days, seven days, a, a number of times. Before. And he, he's looked his best at the end of that stretch. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I, do we start on Mondo the floor? Or... Just, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Atnell was a guy. Jeff Atnell, he's a guy. He's a guy. He's actually, I think, very good. I do uh, too. Actually, I love Atnell. He's, yeah. he's a good backup. Uh, I think he would start for a lot of teams in MLS. Yeah, yeah. Sporting, maybe he could start I, for Sporting. I'd I start him probably about better than Kroenberg. He started what? Really? Yeah, maybe I don't know. He, he's definitely a better hit on the salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about with this match? Um. Well, since we brought up Mulholland, it's it's kind of interesting because we talked about balls in the box might favor us because of of uh, Kromberg. But, yeah, and just but Mulholland like that that could be something that he really thrives with because that's where he's been really dangerous this year is kind of trailing the play and running onto a loose ball in the box. So yeah. that could be something to look out and for. And he's not bad taking set pieces. That's not. Um, that's something we can at look all. at too as an option. If yeah. you get a chance, watch Luke Mulholland's highlight videos on YouTube because they're fantastic. Yeah. And one thing I think we've lacked in, in 
some time is another player to take those set pieces besides Javier Morales. Louis Gill isn't there yet. Plato takes we the had corners. Plato last yeah. year. He got a couple well, he of took some free kicks too. Kicks. Yeah, that's right. He took a couple free kicks. Yeah, too. free kicks. I I wouldn't put Plot in there most no. of the time. But uh, corner kicks, corners, he's yeah. definitely there. Yeah. Uh, but to have somebody who can take those, you know, 30, 40 yards outside the box on yeah. the flank, like that can be really important. Yeah. And to have another option there because Javier Morales is not a slouch when he's in, the, in box. the box. He's a really intelligent guy on set pieces. He is, and he's a very easy guy for the other teams to forget to mark. Can we talk about how our set pieces have been pretty good this season? Yeah, no, a yeah. huge improvement over past seasons. I wonder huge. why that is. I think it has something to do with practicing them. It, you think it, so? P- probably. I think you might be onto something, Matt. I might be. Did we not practice them in the no. past? Historically, no. Oh, really? Historically, Christ was not a fan of practicing set pieces. In fact, he was, he was downright opposed to it. The one time he finally did break down and say, all right, we're going to practice set pieces... We scored a goal on a set piece. That was the short corner from last year. Yeah, wasn't that it? fantastic yeah. little short corner we kept trying. That over looked and like over. a drawn up play. And, yeah, yeah, you could. Well, kind it of, was a drawn up play. But. You kind of felt like Gil was like, no, 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 please, let's do this. I've got this great idea. Maybe yeah. not Gil, but somebody was like, just please let us try this. I bet let's it practice Javi. this. Yeah, it seems like it's something <laughs> yeah. that Javi would do. Like, One Ooh, of those guys. So. I love Javi. But yeah. can we talk about how we love Ned Gravavoy? Everyone should love Ned Gravavoy. If you don't love Ned Gravavoy, then you don't need to be listening to this show. I'm just going to come out and say it. I know we want listeners, but <laughs> if you don't like Ned Gravavoy, then we are diametrically opposed in our viewpoints. We should start the Ned Gravavoy supporters group. Yeah. Please Ned continue Gravavoy listening FC. to this podcast, even if you don't like Ned Gravavoy. Look at Trevor the media. <laughs> or if you keep <laughs> listening, we might convince you to like Ned Gravavoy. That's the hope. We love you, Ned. Rightfully so. Not We're... just for your fantastic hair and beard, but... Also for your skill on the soccer pitch. And intellect. And intellect. Great interview. Anything else we need to touch on? Predictions. Oh, predictions. By the way, I would like to take this moment to point out that Matt was correct with his 3-0 prediction. I was correct with the scoreline. However, Ryan Nelson (laughs) did not substitute himself in and did not score. He looked like he was on the verge. He looked like he was thinking about it. Yeah, It crossed his mind. He probably would have played better than their center backs did last week. Yeah. So you know, and I don't remember who I predicted would score. So you said Whoops. you said you uh, said Nelson and then and two goals from Ned's hair. That's what it was. Yeah, that didn't happen either. Well, there's well, always hey, this week. Fifty percent is better than what you normally get. So. That's true. So uh, you got one aspect of it, Chris. Trevor, start start a prediction. Yeah, what would you I... do, Trevor? <laughs> Honestly. Um, it might be unpopular, but I could see us losing this game. It's KC in KC. Uh, let's let's be honest. Always the the bastion of negativity here. Sorry. That's okay. What what's the scoreline? Um, I don't I don't see it being a very high scoring game. I mean, it, it never really is with Sporting. I think it might be one nil, two nil, two one, something like that. Low scoring loss. We might squeak out a draw, and I would be thrilled with a draw. Despite our form. Despite looking really, really good only a week And prior. Kansas City not looking particularly great. I mean, they beat Colorado in the 94th minute, and Colorado haven't really been dynamite. Colorado also had two penalty kicks in that game. That's true. So yeah. you take out those two simple mistakes. But it did happen. It, it did happen. Which is right. two mistakes that gave Colorado penalty kicks. That's, that's true. But that certainly bodes well for us. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I... I I'm not defending Colorado. Let's just clear that up right now. <laughs> I thought but, you were. Yeah. I would be happy with the draw. 
Hmm. But I, I think Maybe it's Maybe a realist. Yeah, I would say I am. Yeah. That's, that's my prediction. Good for you. Low scoring, hopefully draw, maybe loss. What's Jason? your prediction, Matt? Oh, me? You get to, oh. Is it? Don't say 3 0. We want a real prediction this week. 3 0. A real 3 0 or a joke 3 0? Sure. I don't know. No. I don't know how to make other predictions. Matt literally doesn't know how to predict anything other than 3 0. Like, oh, okay. Uh, there's a process you have to go through. Matt can't do that. It's true. Gotcha. It's just like a blocked in my brain. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, two goals from Sabario, one from Lavelle Palmer, <laughs> who has come back to avenge the penalty. Kick. Oh, that'd be the greatest thing uh, ever! I can get behind that. We acquired him on loan from. Wouldn't it be really Jesus weird if we just... last minute? Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. He plays for Chicago. Oh, yeah. I knew it started with the CHI. I didn't know Chicago. I have a really funny thought, but I'm not going to say it. Keep, it... Uh, keep backpedaling there, Matt. I'm really good at backpedaling. <laughs> I should get a fixed gear bicycle. You're not from Portland, so. I could. You don't be. need a fixie. Matt liked Portland. Portland's a cool place. Portland actually is a pretty solid place. Good people too. Good coffee. And you never have to find company because there's homeless people everywhere, so you can just start Every a conversation. Store. And they don't all know your name, yeah. but when they, they show could. all those people outside of Portland Stadium, that's not people in line for tickets. That's just homeless people sleeping. Yes. I got you. Got to feel for them a little bit. Yeah. Well, they, they go there because they the take rain. care of them. That's true. But so your prediction's three 0 Yeah. What's yours, Jason? I'm going to go 3 0 too. Wow. Like a real 3 0. I think, I don't know why, but I have a really good feeling about the game. Do you and think I'm our... probably totally jinxing it right now. Here's the thought I can't remember why Aurelian Collin was on the bench. Was he on the bench last week? Let me look at my against lineups. Colorado. He was not on the bench against Colorado, San Jose, um, Dallas. Or Seattle. He's played all of those games. Yeah. No, he was on the bench for both games against Cruz Azul. Oh, that's right. Opara Which is really Kiesler. weird that he didn't play those games. Yeah, and that, that's. I, yeah, I don't know. I knew he wasn't. Those games didn't start one. Of those well, games. he was suspended for one. Was he? I think he was. I, I, I could be wrong. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. But, but I think he was suspended for one. That could because be I think he came on in late in the first one, got a yellow, and was suspended for the second one. That's. Sounds familiar. I'm not positive. I could be I didn't way off. Keep track of substitutions. So you could be right there. But, um, yeah. Regardless, I really think, like, 3 0. Because, Some I don't pieces. know. It just, it just, like, the team, something about the team feels different this year. And and mm. it might have just be reading too much into the Toronto match. I hope it's not. But I they hope have, we are different. I hope we're so good. I hope we're they have fantastic. so much to prove in this game. It's true. They do. And histo- like we keep saying historically. God, we've said that so many times. Have we said and historic yet? <laughs> I don't oh, think so. I just did. But we need to say that more. And historic occasion. But yes. I, but when we play games where there's something to prove, or there's something on the line, well, not necessarily something on the line, but when there's <laughs> something to prove, when there's something to prove, we come out really well. And we'll I think I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a chippy game. Oh, and I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if there was a lot of cards in it, but I really think we're gonna win like three 0 Cool. Okay. Because I think we're gonna have. I really think we're gonna have another Sabo game. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Should we watch this U.S. match? Yeah, let's do it. Then we'll come back and talk about it and Under. answer some listener questions. Listener Absolutely. questions. Listener questions. I'm the number one attraction ever supermarket parking lot. I'm the king of Kansas City. No thanks, Omaha. Thanks a lot. Kansas City star. That's what I are. 
All right, guys, you have to get off your phone now. Okay. Right now? Are we recording right now? now? Yeah. We're recording. <sighs> hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we just finished watching the... Is this uh, Yes, USA... it's on. Don't touch the mic. That's all right, don't worry about it. USA-Mexico game finished a disappointing 2-2. Maybe yeah, 3-2 with an asterisk. Yeah, so. yeah maybe. I, I was never a fan of that. What did you guys think? <laughs> That was a really pretty good first half. Oops. Oh, it, it was it was the best we've ever seen under Klitsman. Apparently, according to uh, Ian Dark. No, it, it was good. I I wouldn't say it was the best, but it was definitely solid. We were really good, flowing, possessing. Yeah. Um, Bradley Beckerman in the middle. I, I, as good a combination in the midfield as we've seen. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Is it the one we've been looking for under under Klinsman? <laughs> um, that depends on who you ask. Well, uh, Beckerman's clearly. so divisive for national Fans? team people. Yeah. yeah. With not a lot of justification to it. Because you yeah. can't really point to one game where you're like, man, Beckerman was bad. We had the Jamaica game two years ago yeah. that he didn't play great in, but people are still going to hold that against him. He, he, had one or two, he had one or two qualifiers where he was just okay. Yeah, and but Jones was never more than just no, yeah, okay. Jones never was. I mean, if, if you're comparing him to Jones or Adu or any of the other, like, Guys that aren't Bradley in the defensive midfield, he, I don't see, especially after the first half performance, I don't see how he's not tops of that list. And he and he gives Bradley more freedom to push up because he knows you can rely more on Beckerman than you can and on Jones. Jones gets caught out of position a lot. And that's what I like to see out of Bradley is him going forward. You know, like we see a lot of goodwill toward people like Clint Dempsey. Like he can go 10, 15 matches just really poor. And everyone's all you know continuing to to call for him. Yeah, Kyle Beckman has a a poor game, and he didn't tonight clearly. But Dempsey played in Europe, Matt. So apparently, well, so, I, so I've heard. I I can see because Dempsey and Donovan and maybe I mean I can't think of anybody else that's been playing poorly. But Dempsey and Donovan kind of have a longer leash than yeah. the other guys, like. And I, I get that. They have earned that long of a leash. Yeah. Beckerman played a couple of games a number of years ago, and now he's coming back in. And so he kind of has to prove to everybody that he definitely deserves that spot from somebody like Jones, who for a while... Was okay. Was pr- decent. I mean, he, he gave himself a leash. Yeah. Jones, I think at this point, uh, he's... It's a short pro- leash. It, it's He's definitely still on the team. Yeah, is but, it is it a choke collar now? <laughs> well, it's interesting but, because people like yeah. that know soccer. No offense to whoever might be offended by that, but in general, most of those people prefer Beckerman by a good distance. Like yeah. they don't even talk about it like it's a contest. Yeah, but there's still the debate about Jones playing somehow, and I don't know if that's a play. Like I, I know I was kidding about the playing in Europe thing, but. People put a lot of stock in Jones yeah. playing in the Bundesliga. He didn't play a lot in the Bundesliga, and he didn't play a lot, didn't play well when he did. He wasn't, you know, some star midfielder yeah. at Schalke by any means. Keep in mind, Jones they let him is... go to get rid of his salary. Yeah, so. keep in mind, he's no longer in the Bundesliga. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing in playing Turkey. For Besiktas. Yeah. For Besiktas? Besiktas, that's 100% accurate. Yeah, Besiktas, yeah. Mm. I promise you, look it up. I... That's that little S. The little thing under the S in Turkish? Is, I don't even know what that thing is. The thing under the S. Look at me being called. anti-multicultural. Inu did have a solid game with Tony Beltran. He got turned inside out once. 
Once or twice. Once like, or twice he, made, but... he made one or two little you know passes he probably shouldn't have made in the first half that kind of got him in a little trouble. He got turned once or twice, but I'm going to sound like I'm defending Beltran here, but that, that's kind of, that happens. On every yeah. level, every fullback yeah, gets turned once or twice. Parker's got turned more in 45 minutes in the second half than Beltran did in the 60 or 65 that he True. played. And, yeah. and so. at the same time, Parker's was also really good a lot in the second half. He shut down a couple of attacks, got in the way, intercepted passes, broke up um, a couple things at the, the top of the box and on the flanks. He he had about as good a game as you would expect Parker's to have on the left. He's not a left back. Yeah. But he knows how to play defense, and that's clear. Same with Beltran. He you know, knows how to play his position, and he did pretty well. You know who was pretty poor? Omar Gonzalez. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> A Mexican double agent. Yeah. Yeah, like my that. goodness. Not the uh, greatest match from the big man, but... What Not by do? any means whatsoever. Does this give Chris Schuler a better wa- window of opportunity? For the it World might Cup be too or late. for the National Team? For the World Cup. It no. might be too late. No. It, it, I... I think that he is probably better than Gonzalez, but at this point, I think it's pretty clear that Gonzalez is going to Brazil. Uh, I mean, he's played... I he's almost every I do match. too. I think he's a major liability. He is. But every match that um, Klinsman has had him available for, or pretty much every match, he's played. Klinsman obviously loves Gonzalez, despite I don't know his if, flaws. I don't know if it's that he loves him or that there's not a better option. I, I think... I, I don't like, think Klinsman has had the chance to try better options at this point. The one mitigating factor for Schuler in this is that during those times when when you know Klinsman could have tried Schuler, uh, different circumstances, injury always kept him out. Yeah. So it, it'll and, be and interesting. That's, that's the thing. It's it's gotten to the point where it's just too late to try something new, and Schuler would be something new. I wouldn't I, rule I, it out. I think that if Schuler gets called up for those friendlies prior to the World Cup against Nigeria, and then there's another one that I can't think of who we're playing right now. Yeah, the pre the Yeah, pre-World the pre-World Cup, Cup friendlies. If Schuler gets called up for that camp and just has two or three outstanding games, he could get taken to Brazil. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll take a, a bigger squad to that, right? As a third like, center back. The, yeah, it's... It, it's a the first couple of matches is like a 30-man squad that they can take through that thing, but then it's got to be down to 23 by... June 2nd, I think yeah. is the date. Yeah. Because Omar, the thing with Omar is it's not surprising that he does stuff like that. And that's yeah. not the guy that you want starting for you at, when you have to play Germany and Ghana and Portugal because yes. you know that that's going to happen with Omar. Like, yeah. it happens in MLS all the time. He's a notorious ball watcher. Yeah. Gets dragged out of position. And so I don't know why very, you... He can be really good at times. He's really strong that's, in the air. And, that's the yeah. problem. If he is on his game, he is very good. He was if great. If he is and... off or shuts off... He, he, we've said this before. I think we said it when we were talking about L.A. He shuts off two or three times a game. And today, he was really good, except for those two or three times when he shut off and both times it turned into a goal. Yeah, but can yeah. you afford to shut off two or three no, times you can't. against Germany or Portugal or You Ghana? absolutely can't. You can get away with it for L.A. in MLS, Yeah, but against Germany... Sometimes. Yeah. Because well, especially when those teams are going to be watching these matches, and now they know yeah. that they yeah. can look for him to shut off. Yeah, but, I mean, the problem with Schuler getting in, I think, is just that there's other options as well. I mean, besides Gonzalez, Parkhurst is clearly in the picture. He yeah. is a center back. He can play it. Yeah. I don't know if he's... I would rather have Cameron play center back at this point. Yeah, that's Cameron, another option of course, we as well. Have. Cameron, yeah. I mean, between who we've got, Beasler, Gonzalez, Cameron... And Parker's just Goodson those four. Too. Goodson's been in there for some yeah. qualifiers. Goodson's in there as well. He played there tonight. I mean, I don't think Schuler cracks that. And even if he does crack it, 
and he gets on the plane to Brazil. He's not going to play in Brazil. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a very tough task. It's a, it's a tough task. Like, it's a huge hill to climb this lane. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we just think it's more likely. Uh, yeah. I hope so. I think I'm trying it's, to bring it's you guys It's definitely wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying like he's on the plane to Brazil by any means. Yeah. Uh, all I'm saying is like there is a chance, I think. And I wouldn't rule it out. He's on standby, point. but there's like 15 people in line. Yeah. Him. Yeah. That's yeah. a good... That's he a good needs one of those quick passes from uh, Disneyland. What do they call those? Yeah. Just tell him, tell him your dad's a pilot. <laughs> what? Are they called fast passes? Something like that. Are we talking about Disneyland yeah. passes right now? I guess. Yeah, the, the ones that get you to the front of the line. Should we talk about listener <laughs> questions? Before that, what did you guys think of Julian Green? Oh, yeah. We got a... T- Highly t- touted... Jay Greasy. Fourth division superstar in Germany. I don't even know if superstar is the right word, but... 15 goals in 22 matches. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's for... Yeah, okay. It's not bad. For fourth division Germany, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 uh, He he was... was, He was good. I don't... I mean, obviously, how many minutes did he play? He came in like this... 30. 55th, 60th? Yeah. 30-35? For 30-35 minutes, he was not bad. He didn't cause any problems. He had one or two chances where... Uh, he he probably could have taken a shot. If he's a little quicker on the ball, like maybe he he has a shot or two in him. I don't know. Yeah, he, he didn't really get a shot off. He didn't really look like he was creating chances. It looked like he was getting the ball in good positions, and yeah, and he attacked the he attacked well. I mean, he he yeah. attacked well. He almost had a, a foul called that would have been a great position that they didn't call. Um, but he ended up like he. Got to the right spot and then just made a pass to somebody else that didn't turn into anything. Probably Clint Dempsey. Part of that too is probably Dempsey. I mean, it was kind of the same thing we talked about a couple weeks ago with Salcedo and San Jose. It was a really bad time to come into a match because we were really on the back foot for the first twenty minutes of that second half, and then you throw them in. Hey, it's your debut with a national team and a huge rivalry. Yeah, huge rivalry. You probably don't have as much flow with these guys as you would like at this point. And Mexico has all the momentum. Yeah, so I didn't think he was bad. I mean, look like bright future if everything yeah. works out. So, yeah, I I liked him. We'll see more of him. Oh yeah, not Definitely. Brazil. I do think that um, I know that Mexico's coach has said that he wants to keep using their domestic players for the national team, and I think yeah. that if we'd had the European group available tonight, we would have run away with that match. Maybe, probably. Yeah, but that's hypothetical. Strictly hypothetical. What yeah. do we think about Louis Gill not getting in? I don't understand it at all. I don't know why you call him up if you're not going to play him. Maybe just to get a look at him in training. But yeah, maybe, but I, it's like, what, two days training? It's all Monday, Tuesday? Especially when you play the guys that you know are going. Like, why would you give Donovan the minutes instead of Gil? <laughs> there's no reasoning. Yeah, I mean, there's no answer. I'm not trying think. to question Jurgen, you know. Oh, so we love questioning Jurgen. No, it, it beats me. I don't know. I think it's just one of those... Jurgen does a lot of stuff that I've just... I don't know. I don't understand. What would you have done differently, Trevor? <laughs> I would have played Gil. I would have put Gil in place of Omar. Yeah. No, you bet. In a second. I don't even care that it would leave us with Yedlin, Goodson, and Parkhurst on the back line. I would take that. 3-5-2? No, no, no. I mean, I'd put Gil on the back line. Okay, yeah. I once saw Gene Alexander play forward. I would put Gil on the back line. <laughs> Gene Alexander play forward in the top level of American Gene, soccer. Gene, the goal-scoring machine. That was a good goal, wasn't it? It was pretty good. Wasn't that his only goal? Yeah. Probably. No, it was. Yeah. Or at least for us. 
was Should we... He did once once get like a, one of those early disciplinary committee decisions against him. The disco. Yeah, but before did the he... formation of the disco, yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it came down on like a Friday and everyone was pretty upset. I think they I changed think... the rule after that. Yeah. I think I remember the reaction to that. I yeah. don't remember that it was Gene Alexander. It was or... just like Gene Alexander was a player you could count on having one really bad tackle. <laughs> Every game he played in. Yeah. The good old days of RSL. That sounds familiar. Memories. The glory For a couple days. players. Let's talk listener questions. Listener questions? Listener questions. All right. We've got a fair few of them. Yeah. Jason's pulling them up. Yeah, let's see As what we've got usual. here. I'm banned from reading them, aren't I? Our first question comes from good friend of the show, Charles Barnard. Hey, Charles. Hey, Charles. Hey, buddy. How are the stats tonight? His question is, if Chris Wingard is unable to go this weekend, who do you think will take his spot? Rich Balchon. Balchin. Next Balchin. question. He gave some options. But... Oh, okay. Let's hear the options. Mansali or Balchin? Balchin. Next question. I think it's Balchin. Like <laughs> this, the... is a, this is a speed round on the questions. The rich, the rich Balchin Islands. No, I think we, we, we talked about this um, before. I mean, we all want... I, we all I, think I cracked Jason up, apparently. <laughs> we all think Balchin's probably going to play. I would like to see Mansali, but expect Balchin. Or Palmer. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Our next question is from Max Windler. Hey, Max. Max has a couple questions, but we're going to probably have to cut three of the seven out. So, <laughs> Sorry, Max. His Are first you question serious about was, seven questions? Yeah, he sent us a lot of questions. Go, Dude, Max. Max keep, keep it up, Max. Keep it up, keep buddy. Them coming. We it's love just, this. You picked a busy week. All right. Uh, he says, Big Dev, Devin Sandoval, made an instant impact when he stepped onto the field on Saturday. Do you see him making a big impact overall this season? Yes. Absolutely. Was it season? Yeah. You know what I was thinking of earlier is, I know this is going to sound crazy just because of the principle of it in general, but what if Sandoval starts with Sabo on Saturday? Because logic-wise, you have the way that they worked really well together at the end of the match against Toronto and the physicality of SKC's center backs. Yeah. I I wouldn't be stunned if they did throw Sandoval and Sabo out. Because Sandoval moves really well for as big as he is. Yeah. So he still opens that space up for Sabo. What if we see like a double nine system or like a, a Sabo as a false nine dropping back a little into midfield? I think you're getting way too excited. I love the idea of that. A false, everyone loves the idea of a false nine. False Everybody nine knows. paired with a real nine? Yeah. They won't know what they're... They don't won't know what hit them. Mark. <laughs> no, it's seriously, I could, I could see Sandoval starting next to Sabo and wouldn't I, be surprised. I could see that. And sure. Olmez has never been a bad option off the bench. Yeah. I mean, especially with yeah. tired legs. Yeah, I like the so, idea. But to kind of expand on that, throughout the season, um, Sabarillo's going to be gone, I don't know how many games for the World Cup. At least four. 17. Costa Rica probably aren't advancing out of that group, though. Probably not. But if if Sabo's gone, I mean, for injury, just like last year, imagine? Sandoval got a lot of uh, time last year. Yeah. He did great. He, I don't think he got any worse. I think he definitely got better. And now he's healthy. I mean, at the end of last year, his foot was not, yeah. not ideal, and he yeah. still played it was pretty broken. well. Yeah. He's, he's definitely going to see time this year, and he's definitely going to do well with it. Confident. Awesome. The next question is from Paul Olson. Hey, Paul. Section 35 member. Hey, Paul. Hey. Don't know if you guys know him. But anyways. Uh, Say hi next time, He Paul. says... You guys really don't know Paul? He's, I don't, he's next well, to Francesca. Yeah, the guy with the Paul? Don't Stop Believing flag. Oh, I, I know, like... I've never met him, but Good guy. I know who he is. Paul's question is, do we really attribute Sabo's performance slash hustle last weekend to negative commentary, 
I recall him saying that he was really hungry this preseason. Hungry for winning, not like biscuits and gravy. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think he's really a biscuits and gravy kind of guy. He'd probably like this pulled pork. Well, no, pulled probably... pork? Well, maybe not this pork. I'm sure he loves pulled pork. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, at the same time, like it's hard to look past the comments as a motivating factor. Uh, so maybe, they, maybe it's some of both. I, yeah, I'd, I'd got to think it's some of both. I mean, Sabo obviously has his own personal motivations. Yeah. He um, definitely just is playing like he wants this year to be a great year. And maybe it's just because he's preparing himself mentally for the World Cup and he just wants to go be fantastic at the World Cup. I think, and I'm fine with that. I think he actually loves playing here, too. Yeah, so. yeah no, I'm, I'm sure. But, I mean... I think that that's a big motivating factor. For yeah, him. Well, I, I think it is. And I think the comments... Certainly didn't hurt that, but I don't think the comments were the only reason he was good against Toronto because he's he played pretty much the same game he's played all season, just more so. He got two goals instead of one. Jason, you well, say I something? think too that like I can't I can't think of the name of the the writer, but there's a sports writer who he talks about how some players just have this and what he calls it he calls it fu mode, where they just go to this level where they're unstoppable. And yeah. Sabo, when he, you know, everyone calls it, like, pissed off Sabo or whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it. But when yeah. Sabo is Angry in that Sabo. FU mode, I mean, nobody in MLS can stop him. Yeah. yeah. That was that was the case on Friday. I know Toronto don't have the best back line necessarily and stuff like that. But I think if he played that way against anybody else in the league, he probably would have scored a couple of goals too. Because he yeah. was just defending, attacking, opening up space. <laughs> yeah. But... And, and that's just Sabo. I mean, he gets called lazy. Be- and I think it's not that he's lazy. It's just that people see those games like he played on Saturday, and they expect that every single game. But that can't be a realistic expectation no. for a well, player. Well, it, it can't, and that's not what anybody asks of him. Um, like, from the coaching staff, you know, yeah. on down. He is asked to do one simple thing, and that's to score goals. And he does that very well. I'm, I've said it a number of times before. Sabo, honestly, if he scores a goal... He can take a nap for the second half. I don't care. And normally when he scores one, he gets two. Yeah. He, it's all, very rare that he just scores one goal. All yeah, he does is score goals, and he does it fantastically well. Better than we've ever had anybody on this team. So that last yeah. goal, that, The last game I remember him playing like that was the New York game last year. Yeah. When and that was that when he trick? came off the bench when he just gotten back from Costa Rica and just was like scoring for fun, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mean, <laughs> he's yeah. fantastic. But all right, let's move on to one, another question. I don't know if it's our last one or not. But this question is, let me find it. I'm scrolling through my phone. Oh, Adam Hendrickson, who had a pretty good question last week too, says, will Kyle, Nick, and hopefully Tony's substantial minutes on Wednesday for the national team play a role in Kansas City on Saturday? I hope not. For Nick, no. For Kyle, Kyle, no. No, he played 60 minutes. Tony also played 60 minutes. Honestly, if Tony or Kyle had gone 90 minutes, there might be some questions, but neither of them did. Tony did so neither of them. I mean, Tony was the only one who got really close to kind of an injury scare. He was down for yeah, four seconds, taken out, yeah. hopped back up, went right back to it. But uh, I mean, yeah, that that was my only real concern was maybe they get injured, and they clearly didn't. So it was such a surprise that Beltran started too. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really have anybody else in camp who they would. I don't think they DeAndre Edlund, the best yeah. right back in MLS, best right back in the MLS. Oh, actually, best right back in the country. That's right, is what I read. So, actually, I'm pretty sure that Chris Clute would have something to say about that, too. Doesn't he usually play on the left? I thought he played right back. Maybe I'm wrong. 
if he plays left back. Well, he's probably well, still regardless. a better still a better right back than DeAndre Yedlin. So that's nothing against Yedlin. I just I think really he's like got, Clute? You really like Clute. I think well, and I think Yedlin's got a long way to go. Yeah, I think but, five years Yedlin or four years. I think Yedlin's in, probably worth Yedlin's going to be. You bet. If he's going to be really good the next cycle. Knock on but he's yeah, not, not right now. All right, next question. Another one from Max Windler, and we'll close on this one because it's interesting. Well, all of them are interesting. Don't take me the wrong way. We already did. But his question is, I know we don't plan on him coming back until next year, but how do you think Jason Christ would be received if he came to Rio Tinto Stadium for a match? And follow-up, is he next in line to coach the U.S. national team? Let's address the follow-up in a minute. Yeah. Uh, First question. I don't ah. see the reception being overwhelmingly positive. There's a lot of Christ negativity, especially there's, there's in like of patches of supporter scripts. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. But I, I'm I'm really 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 excited to see it. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, I I think he's talking about even if he just came to a match, like just to watch uh, a match, and they announced him being there. Why would he do that though? Scouting, whatever. Manchester City's planning on signing Tony Bell, trying to be their next don't starting it. right don't back. Say maybe. Or maybe we after just organize a friendly with Manchester after City. After tonight, maybe they should. <laughs> well, they have Zabaleta, so they probably don't need Bell friend, but Probably not. He could probably get some minutes in the Champions League for him or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one of those little Mickey Mouse cups. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I'd agree with you. I don't know that the reception would be great, because yeah. a lot of people will have a bad taste in their mouth about how Christ left. Which is kind of understandable. I don't I do. like to be I, that I, guy. I get it. I disagree with it, but I get it. I mean, Christ. I, I mean, I have a bitter taste in my mouth. Like, I, it, it, it hurts. He, like, he dragged it out. He dragged it out when, and then he When it was us, pretty like, clear that he was leaving. Well, I don't think he ever wasn't leaving. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever wasn't either. And, you so, know, but I mean, at the same time, like, he did what he needed to do as a coach. As yeah. a coach, if he came out right before the playoffs and was like, oh, hey, everybody, I'm out of here at the end of the season. But Peace. that story, was There's no that way. was a story in June. Yeah. It wasn't right before the playoffs. Yeah, I feel- yeah but if, if he came out in June or any time before that, I don't think... And a lot of it, too, is big market, small market. A lot of people yeah. in small markets. Like, having lived in both markets, yeah. people in small markets take it much more personally when players leave for big markets oh, or, yeah. or some managers, coaches. Carl Malone, Look at Derek Darren Fisher. Williams. Darren Williams. I mean, yeah. I know he got traded, but people people are going to... I'd like to hope we'd be a better time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope there's polite applause and it just kind of ends with that. I imagine we'll make like make a TFO. And... Somebody will, I'm sure. There's yeah. going to be flags flown. But and I'm the... I'm worried about just Utah fans in general. Yeah. Or generally speaking... There will be pockets of negativity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll I'm, hurt. I'm like, sure they're going to be vocal. Lots of them in the South. I'll applaud... Uh, <laughs> No, nothing against them. To I totally get it. Yeah. yeah I don't I, even know if I would applaud, honestly. It just I have a really bitter taste in my mouth about it too. Yeah. I it's sad. I mean yeah. that's yeah, what it, it comes it, down to. Like we're sad about it. And I don't think anyone should take that away from us. I I don't think they should, but at the same time it's like I don't know. For me personally, and I know I don't speak for any You have to appreciate what he did still. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's I think you could do both. You could be really pissed off that he left and still recognize yeah, the fact that yeah. he did a lot of good here. For me, I see what he did here and I think it's great. He's got his name on the stadium and I think he kind of earned that. And he just decided to move on to the next stage of his career. And it's I can't a good hold, stage for his career. It's, it's a, a great opportunity. Stage. I can't hold that against him. Plus, if it goes wrong, we can always hire him back. So, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Nothing against Coach Kassar. He could be the uh, director of football. 
I, well, saw, I saw that on Football Manager. That's uh, that's Garth's job next year. Remember? Oh yeah, we're gonna rename his <laughs> rename general manager so that he feels maybe good about Garth that. will be the director of football and Jason will come back and be the general manager. Oh, oh man, <laughs> the brain trust there. Maybe Jason Christ will come into a bunch of oil money. Is Deloitte <laughs> listening right now? Because we're spitting truth bombs out here <laughs> we've reached the zenith of the show nothing will ever be better than spitting truth bombs zenith is the bottom right i thought that was the top Ooh. yeah zenith is the top uh <laughs> pretty scary the follow-up Whatever. question to that was is christ next in line to coach the national team which mm, maybe no depends what? on how it goes no, no i don't well at the very least who, we who co- would be in line then the special before well him. Keep in mind, Klinsman has a contract until 2018. I totally get that. So, in the next three or four years, that picture could change entirely. But right now, who would you say is above him in the pecking order? Nobody. Because you said no really easily. So, I'm just... I'm just... The reason I said no really easily is because a decision doesn't have to be made until Klinsman tanks hard before the next World Cup and we fire him. Or at the end of 2018, which is Guys, four I, years away. I know what it is. Yeah. Peter Novak. Oh my god. My Frank Yollop. <laughs> Wait, who's the guy? Jesse Marsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just... Who else can we throw out there? I mean, think about it. In four years, where is Caleb Porter going to be? He's kind of the hot young guy right now. Maybe. Maybe totally he's in that picture. Blank, but the guy that coached here before Christ. <laughs> John <laughs> Ellinger. <Yeah. laughs> Do you know what John Ellinger is doing right now? As a Probably... Coach? What, I think know. he's an assistant coach for like the U18 women's team somewhere. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Glad he got picked up. Glad so. he landed on his feet. <laughs> yeah, on his feet. But no, I think, I would say Christ is probably up there. On no, the he, list he is. Because he, especially if he, I mean, it's all hypothetical, but if he has a really great four years in New York, if they can win the Champions League, which is like the holy grail for MLS at this point, yeah, then he's got a really good shot of getting looked at for the national team oh, job. Yeah. And it's a job that everyone knows he wants. Yeah. Plus, That's, if I remember right, there was interest. I mean, it was a real long shot, but there was some talk about him getting it before Klinsman got it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was... One of those long shot things. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. on the outside looking in. But, no, I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't think he has any chance whatsoever. He's definitely in the conversation. I just think it's way too early to be like, yeah, absolutely, he's next in line. Because there's just too many factors that could come into play. He might... I will Embrace just say, the hypothetical. I will Trevor. just say Caleb Porter needs one, more than like one pretty good season. Oh yeah, no, he, he definitely Plus, does. Plus, uh, but... you can't play Argentines on the U.S. national team, so I don't know how that would look, <laughs> work out for Porter. To be fair, we might have said that about Jason Christ four years ago. That's true, but he well, signs good ones. So <laughs> what? Diego Valeri's not really good. Yeah. One out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we had one out of three. Uh, two out of three. Yeah. Morales, Suspendula, and uh, Matias. Yeah, he was some guy. He I don't is, yeah, name. he didn't last very long. Yeah. yeah, what was... Anyway. But... We didn't talk about it, but that Paparato guy that Portland signed... Pretty bad. Whew, hot mess, center back. Mm, Doesn't hot. transition well, ball watches. He's Omar as a 28-year-old Argentine. What? Two weeks away? Three weeks away? Three weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, Kansas City... Two weeks from Saturday. Portland. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, yeah. oh, we can't end like that. We have to make it weird. Like catch you on the flip side. We'll what? be dropping more truth bombs <laughs> next week. Can't wait to see you again. I feel like you guys are making fun of me. We totally are. <laughs> we, Trevor, we've never. How would you have said that differently, Trevor? <laughs> <You had> the <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, I think it's all downhill from here. Yeah, let's, let's bail out while yeah, we're still okay. ahead. No, no stupid question this time? This show's turned into a dumpster is there, fire in a hurry. Do you have a stupid question? Mm. I don't have a stupid question. Uh, Why didn't Ned get called up to the national team? That's not a stupid question. That's a legitimate question. I love Ned Grabovoy. <laughs> no, it's not. I love Ned Grabovoy. That's true. I'm not saying that's untrue. Why is it not a legitimate question? Who do you think would be the best cook? Alvaro Sabarillo? Who is probably a bit of a homebody, likes to make his own meals. Yeah. I've seen Sabo's dogs. Tony so Bel- I'm pretty sure Sabo is the best cook in the bunch. Tony Beltran, <laughs> who's some fat dogs. Who doesn't seem like the biggest party. And, Eligible uh, bachelor. Eligible. Ooh. I think he's got a girlfriend now, according to the Twitter machine. All right. Well, ooh, he, good my point is he, he probably makes his own meals. And, um, do eligible bachelors make their own meals? Benji Lopez. I make my own meals. Benji Lopez. Not is Benji, 18. dude. There's no way he's. There's the nothing wrong with hot pockets. Uh, okay. Or ramen noodles. Does he cook his hot pockets in the oven or in a microwave? It's still cooking in a microwave, Trevor. Oh, you know Benji. Benji's like eighteen. You know what eighteen-year-olds do? They they like crush up ramen noodles dry and just put the flavoring on them oh, and they eat so them like awful. chips. I bet that Benji so Lopez awful. does that at least once a week. Benji, yeah, you, you, you want that guy cooking your food this on Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So asking. it's not Benji. I'm gonna put my money on Alvaro Sabario. I'm gonna go with Tony with that that Costa Rican. I bet Tony. I bet Tony sushi. would make you like a really classy meal. Yeah, and Sabo would be like, let's have a beer and barbecue something. Yeah. Both sound good to me. But don't talk to me. The old lady ought to see my car Drive a big old Cadillac with wire wheels I got a rhinestones on the spokes I've got credit down at my grocery store And my barber tells me jokes